everybody. <laughs> this is fun for me because I've just had this whoa, great weekend. I've had a great week of meeting new people. Extrovert ENFP, uh, Enneagram 4, Wing 3, Activator, Connectedness, Input. Okay, anyway. See, so, am I speaking some of your language? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So that's me. So I've just had this fantastic week. I was, I left, I got up at, got up as a, I, I got up around 2 a.m. on Monday, catch a 5 o'clock flight to Tampa. That's a long flight, you guys. That's a real long flight. It's a real long flight without internet for someone who has a problem being connected to her phone. So look, my Instagram was up. Like, that's how sad I am, you guys. Um, but anyway, so I was in Tampa, and I had this amazing opportunity uh, through UMC Church and Leroy Barber of, from The Voices Project to go down and have um, be a part of a dialogue between um, uh, for Asian and black leaders of faith. And um, I, I will say that, so this has been a crazy week. Would you like to process with me right now? Um, <laughs> No, that's not, but sign up for coffee later. I'm all in. Uh, so anyway, it, it was a, a great, fantastic opportunity for me to just meet with, with um, other leaders of color and have some really great discussions in brave space. And uh, uh, just so good, so rich, so full. Uh, flew back, came back on Thursday night, got home about 11, 11.30 at night, and then uh, st- 9 o'clock in the morning the next day, started up here with faith and equity with my sister, Elin. And so um, it has just been a week of some really epic conversations for me. I mean, self-discovery, whoa, mind blown. So many things going on. But my, I just feel so full and so rich like just oh man so good and some really great I think I also long-term friendships I know that have started out of this and co-workers co-conspirators subversiveness all those words so all those things are going to be happening uh, are happening and it's so good um so I have a I have a lot I want to say but I'm going to stop uh we are this morning going to um continue the conversation oh Kathy should be Sorry, a couple, uh, can I just say a few things to our Groves people, just so, sorry. Um, Kathy, would you like to come really quick? I saw you forgot a little announcement before you roll in. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kathy. I'm one of the people that go to the Groves Church. And uh, also my husband, Ivic, we work with international students at PSU. So our kind of our life and mission is, is international students and young adults in general. So. These are our people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we just finished a class um, that was a basics of faith class. And uh, we just finished a couple weeks ago. And yeah, it was so much fun. We just enjoyed getting to know one another. But we're going to start another class uh, starting next week. And it is based on a book called Shape. And it's looking at your spiritual gifts, your, your passions, your abilities, your personality, and your life experiences uh, and kind of just looking at who you are and how do you fit into this big picture and where's the areas where maybe God has a, some purpose for your life. Where does where do I fit in this and how can I serve, you know, my community, uh, my church, you know, people around me with who I really am. And that uh, just the premise that we're a masterpiece, each one of us unique, 
uh, put together by God, uh, like a poem. You know, I like to look at it myself like a poem, that every word, every rhythm, every thought that's put into that poem is very concise, very consolidated, but made for beauty, made for purpose, and made to communicate something. And that each of us are that, you know, we are each unique. And uh, just to unleash that uh, into our community and in, around. So if you, if that's you, if that's something that just uh, you kind of like to pick up on that and you're interested in kind of finding out a little bit more about who you are, please sign your name on that sheet back there with your text or with your phone number so I can give you a text. And we will start next Sunday, 9 a.m. in the kids' room. And it'll go on for, I think, about 12 weeks, 10 to 12 weeks, depending on how quick we get through it. So love to have you guys. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. Um, if, and also, we just started a, the text thing. Have you, Groves people, have you been getting your texts? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Have they been too many? Not no, not so far. I haven't gotten a hold of it yet, so. Yeah. So, um, so um, this morning we're going to have, kind of continue, hopefully continue the conversation that we've been having this weekend as part of Faith and Equity and kind of merge our, uh, the Groves into that conversation. And um, to start us off, we're actually going to watch a video. I'm sure. Somebody, Ava? <laughs> Somebody, Ava? Are you on that? So uh, we're going to watch this vid real quick, and, um, and then I'm going to introduce uh, my sister, V. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the W.K. Kellogg's Foundation's National Day of Racial Healing. As Eva Longoria creeps by, we see you, girl. Hey, <laughs> I am Tanika Ray, and I am so super excited to be here to be your live stream host for this monumental event curated by filmmaker and activist and everybody's everything, Ava DuVernay. We are live at her Array Creative Campus right here in Los Angeles. Angeles. For the next few hours, activists, entertainers, and influencers will come together in the name of Harmony Humanity to address the tactics and tools around the idea of racial healing. We have live performances that are going to blow you away throughout the day, along with provocative conversations. We'll hear from political leaders like Stacey Abrams, activists like the ladies of Time's Up, uh, poets and authors like Robin Cost Lewis and Jacqueline Woodson, and entertainers like David Oyelowo, I love saying his last name, and of course, the girl who just walked by, new mommy, Eva Longoria, and so many more. Our first artist is an award-winning choreographer and director whose mission is to bring awareness to social issues around the world, and with this performance, he's showcasing the beauty of cross-cultural respect and collaboration. What perfect timing. Please welcome movement artist John Boogs and company and fancy dancers from Turtle Island. Let's take it away. I had a dream once. I was as I am now. Only different. Kind of like your reflection in a hazy mirror. I had a dream once where I asked, what came before? The wind answered me softly. Before what, my friend? Before the glimmering wretch of the concrete over the mud. Before the jazz, and the screams, and the sprinklers in the summer. 
Before the chains, before the moans, before the rain, before I was moved by you, and before I moved, it was all so quiet then. And then a drum came from the ether, and a voice filled with eyes and wings and the will to be my teacher. A man, perhaps, now that I think of it. He said, the stars were here, and so were we. He showed me, and he moved me, and he looked so different, yet told me we are the same.
indigenous people, indigenous to this land. We are star people, stars from the first creation. We are the energy, the energy we live in our everyday walk of life. We dance in love to the drum, the heartbeat of Mother Earth. So this morning, um, my friend, and I'm privileged to call her my sister, Vilin, is um, going to come and come up and and uh, she's going to share some things and I'll have a few questions for her. But um, V and I met, um, so you're hearing this again, but V and I met at a Faith and Culture Writers Conference many years ago. Um, I was leading worship and Vilin was one of the facilitators. And I remember sitting on the front row and I was looking up and, and watching her and she was just so fluid, like just so at ease in her language with her words, her like just confident. Your back was strong and straight. I remember these things about seeing you. And not only that, she had the cutest wedges on. And I remember like, I don't know what I can say to her, you know, like, you know, do you ever, you're trying to think of what you want to meet someone, so you're coming up with what you're going to say when you walk up, and what I had was shoes, so, like, I just walked up, I was like, your shoes are cute, she's like, yours are too, and that was how we became friends, <laughs> and that was what bonded us together, but um, I still am amazed at, even, it's a cute story, but I'm amazed at how God does bring people together, and um, uses shoes to do it, so the... Um, since then, uh, V and I have stayed somewhat connected, but when, um, I, when we really reconnected not too long ago, discovered that she was part of Center for Equity and Inclusion, which is in my neighbor, this is my neighborhood where I live. And so we started hanging out at Jola together and drinking coffee and, and talking. And this is kind of how we've arrived here today. So, um, for my Groves people, I, um, I just, I want you to know that this is the beginning of a, of a conversation that we are going to, we are in, we are in it. <laughs> and it's a conversation we're going to keep having and we're going to keep learn, we're going to keep listening and we're going to learn together. So this is the beginning of our journey together with Vilan. So just get used to her. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Vilan, come on up. Yeah. I love that I got like full, full permission to be myself and to uh, be with family. Um, it's an honor to be with you this morning. Uh, I know I'm supposed to be talking about me, and just to um, just to connect with what Sonia has shared about our friendship. Um, you know those times when uh, you feel really alone in something that um, God may be pushing you into. And people don't get you anymore. You, you don't fit the same. Uh, you don't fit in the same places, and um, you're not having the same conversations. For me, I was beginning to question my theology and my faith and what this meant if the church could continue to ignore black bodies, if the church um, would continue to shame my sister who came out just two years ago, if 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 I was a part of a people. Um, 
that put this crazy person in charge of us all. Like, what? What is happening? You know? Um, and so I was on this journey of like, I needed truth. I needed truth because I was embarrassed that I was a Christian, straight up. Because this center, my where I work, and I am the only believer here, believer here, um, they got inclusion down. We could learn some stuff. The church could learn some stuff about what it means to love people as they are. And so um, and it doesn't mean I have to give up my beliefs. It doesn't mean I have to give up my scripture. It doesn't have to, I don't have to give up any of that. That just means I'm willing to see you, and, I'm, and I want you to see me. That's all that means. Um, so I was on this journey, and I was, like, losing friends for real. That hurts. That hurted really bad. I mean, mentor women, white women in my life that wanted me to not talk about my blackness. Let's just talk about the Bible study. Because when you get all into that, you're talking that Black Lives Matter stuff. That's too deep. Like, it's going to destroy our friendship if you keep talking about race, racism. Like, don't you see who I am? Like, I I don't get to be my full self. Oh, okay. Then are you really family? Like, are you really... I don't know. And so um, I went deeper into, you all see all these definitions. Like I met Hanif uh, Fazl, who's the CEO and president um, of Faith and Equity here. And he allowed me to have, he wrestled with these questions with me. Um, I learned a lot about where to hang some of the experiences that I was experiencing that the church just didn't want to talk about. You're supposed to pray and be done with it. Like it's, it's done. Um, and so, but I needed language to uh, communicate what was happening and for me to be relevant to my son who is scared uh, to walk the neighborhood or who refuses to um, walk alone at certain hours. Like there, there, I had to be, mommy, what kind of, like, I'm scared. Like what, how are we, does God really protect us? I, do I want a God that I don't think protects me when I walk outside of here? Those are the questions I have to a- answer at my kitchen table. And so um, Sunya I was, was one of those people that I could, we just connected in um, with her baby boy and conversations about what his life could be or how I, she could protect him as much. And I'm trying to share what I've learned. And it just, it just, it just felt a little bit like home. And um, it's been a turning point in my journey that um, this land is not my home. Like meritocracy, been there, done that. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't working. And even if it does, guess what? When I walk outside and I go to the store or my, my husband gets pulled over in Vancouver, it doesn't matter if we live in a nice, pretty neighborhood because he's the only black man in the neighborhood. Um, so I believe we are at a time where people want truth. Uh, people want um, um, truth-telling about their pain, about the horrific history of our, of our country and of our Christian, our Christian heritage. Um, we saw a video... And I know it, it wrecked y'all, um, and I was too surprised by the Catholic Church. Um, um, j- just different, you can name a denomination, uh, and, and most have also participated in white supremacy because this ideology is about 
culture and how people, what they value, what they norm. And unfortunately, um, the culture is stronger than most of, most of our spirituality because if our spirituality was rooted in the one God who's made all of us, it would be as beautiful and diverse as the video that you just saw, right? And the truth is, um, I'm, I'm Cherokee and black. Um, I, I claim that. Um, there was a time where I didn't claim that because I didn't understand it because I didn't take the time to go back and understand it. And now um, it's unpacking so much more of what it means to me to be in my fullness and why God made me who I am. Um, and so every nation, Asian, Latina, indigenous, um, and even in that we've talked about the diversity of the Asian and the version of the African. We always want to like lump, cultural lump everybody into these. We're so diverse and so beautiful, and we are imprints of the one true God. Um, and we all deserve, we all deserve spaces and places to be our full selves in him. And so that's how Faith and Equity started, um, through Center of Equity Inclusion. Um, I was telling Hanif, like, I, I need to go back and get my people because we're the ones that put Trump in office. Like, we, uh, there's a lot of work to do there. And he's like, oh, you can, if you can get them, let's go. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pay your salary for two years until we figure it out. Like, go do what, do, go where you need to go. Like, he was so like, sis, get him. <laughs> It'll help my work a little bit too. Um, and so, yes, my, my this, this vision, um, what I, what I'm hoping for, uh, believers, and I think we're all kind of maybe just deconstructing our faiths and we might be in some funky spaces. A lot of us are. Um, that's okay. He can handle it. We had a conversation yesterday, like, what happens when all, you know, um, the, the theologians that I've went to seminary study and what, what happens when I don't have a foundation? What, what happens when I begin to question the scripture and I don't know? I'm like, well, guess what? It could be God because all that's blown up and gone. Like, what would it mean to be able to be that rooted and that dependent on God telling us who he is for us? and how he wants us to respond in this time. Um, so faith and equity is about doing and being the work. And the work is loving people. It's so simple. Loving people, that means everybody. Where I'm from, that's what we say. That means everybody. And um, we have a lot to learn, and I'm also that video too, and just where um, I'm thinking about our conversations and um, our heart to reimagine a different way of doing this, reimagine a reconstructed faith that does actually allow everyone to be their whole authentic, unapologetic self. Um, it's beautiful when you get a taste of that every, every now and then I get a little, I got it this weekend. I got it when I was at the CCDA conference where John and I were, I got these little glimpses of what heaven is supposed to be. And doesn't God say, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We could be, we should be practicing for the big game and we're, and we're, and we're not, we're, we're not, we can't find our shoes. We don't know where the ball is. Like we are not ready. <laughs> So um, just want to be about, you know, um, being real, slowing down. I, I, I could get lost in, in intellectual thoughts and books and different things, and, and I've seen that not work. Um, and then just lastly, um, I call myself a daughter of a promise keeper. Uh, my dad was one of the original founding members of the promise keeper movement. 
um, specifically in the Northwest. And so as a baby girl, um, I traveled with him and went under stadiums and prayed and saw um, the masses of men of all colors coming together, praying together, building a relationship. Um, Pastor Twist used to hang out at our house. Um, you know, I, I saw in real time what it could look like. And then I saw um, a surface layer, like they stopped at a surface layer. And my dad, um, we'll, we'll get to know each other later. I'll tell you that story more later. But ultimately, and he, he was like, our first day, he's like, I'm, I'm not going to talk long. I'm like, he's a Baptist preacher. Watch. He's how like, many, how many times do you say, one more thing? Like, seven? I don't know. <laughs> so 35 minutes later, <laughs> after his five minutes, but um, ultimately, it, he's concerned about me, his daughter. He's like, you know, you, you, uh, you don't always learn what's taught. You learn what's caught. And I caught, I caught it. I, ca I caught the hope. And I, I also caught the struggle. And what he asked me to do, he said, baby girl, please do more than just build friendships and relationships. Uh, build family. Because family is supposed to tell you the truth. And family is supposed to, when they hurt you or do something wrong, they're supposed to make it right. And he said he was just too friendly in that in the movement at that time and didn't really hold systems and and ways of being, hold people accountable that had power. So we're like imitating the world and the church, and that's not that's not the economy. Um, and so I'm just crazy enough to think that maybe I could try my lane in it in terms of really, I'm a truth teller, and I want I want us to be real, and I want us to be whole. Ultimately, uh, that's freedom for me when I can wear my natural hair and, you know, catch the air and, and do all the things that I, that I can be my home self right here. But it's taken me 46 years to get here. Like, lost a lot along the way. And um, it's not right. And we need to make it right. And we can do that. And so um, I'm so grateful for my collective. Just a real quick shout out to those that were here this weekend and jumping in with me was our first conference. First little conference is so cute. First group. There's something special about there's a special kind of person and there's something special about the first yes. people to go yeah. in with yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's a little bit yeah. awesome. Um well I kinda wanna keep oh, do you that? No, it's fine. That's me shedding off whiteness, girl. I gotta have my notes, my stickies, all my points. It's just like, oh, let's just drop it off. Oh, girl. Whoa. I'm scared. Oh, my God. Let me look at my notes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I kind of wanted to. You, you touched on this a little bit, but you're a Portland girl. Yes. So can you, like, just, because yeah. not everybody knows that part of the story. Like. Yeah, yeah. So um, I am Joe Frazier's granddaughter, and there's another one in the house. Hey, cousin. There she is. <laughs> um, so Frazier Branch. Uh, so my grandfather and his brother married sisters. So we're a double set of double set of Frasers. So I have over 200 family members, maybe more now, in Portland now. Yes. So when the, I know that. So yeah, my story gets really interesting. Um, but granddaddy came here on a hope and a flyer in Minden, Arkansas. He saw, you know, um, better work. There was, um, 
worked for the shipyard uh, for World War II, and so he saw um, the distress and the poverty of Arkansas, like most folks during that time. We won't go into that history lesson this time, but we'll go back there. Um, and Granddaddy came out, and he he just had faith that um, this would work out, and he ended up doing very well there. Um, uh, promotion, recruited other black families. So um, part of my DNA you, and why I do what I do is I was taught as a young age, you take care of one another. Like that's just how we are. And so um, as a Frasier body member, there's always someone who you really thought was a cousin but wasn't a cousin. It was just someone that was <laughs> a member out all the time. Um, and so anyway, um, we came here. The Vanport flood happened. It's a history maybe many of you know. That community was washed out at that time, and for many years, up until the 40s, I think, the exclusionary laws for blacks was on the books, so it was illegal to be black in Oregon, actually. So um, they're, uh, they're actually um, granddaddy's boss. Pardon me? I believe it's the 40s. It might have been even longer. Sister Marcia? Was it 60s? 70s? Okay, see. So yeah. There we go. Thank you. I gotta get my my history started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you couldn't own a house. Yeah, yeah. Travel Right. Mm-hmm. You guys know your history. I like this. Yes. Yes. So the, the, those are my people. Those are my people. And redlining. So they kept them in particular spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know. There's so much I could say about that, but um, what I want to say about what it means to be a Portland girl in my in my family, there's a narrative that I know that the white world or just the dominant culture wants to say about what that experience has been. You can find that, uh, you can Google that. But the narrative that I want to share is that I come from a people who not only know how to thrive, but survive. And... Um, and, and, and build community and um, ownership of one another. Um, and so I was raised to be black and proud. I didn't know I was in this black utopia bubble with all my 200 cousins in them because where I went to church was black. All Northeast Portland was black. Um, <sighs> Miss Anita could tell you all about that too. That you know, And her and my dad were high school friends. And so um, I was Portland's little black girl. So I had a whole bunch of aunties and cousins and uncles and that really cared for me. And so there's great pride in that. And then you go out into the mainstream world where then I'm the only black girl in my honors classes. So then I'm coming with like that history that you tell me about Africans, we weren't just slaves. Like that's not what I read on my bookshelf. So I, I was always in resistance <laughs> to what people were saying that I, that I was. Um, and so that's again part of like what I want to reimagine is when we allow people of color to tell their own narratives in their own language, in their own way. Um, that's true empowerment, and, and that's the way it should be. Um, could you, I think that it would maybe, or what well, I'm interested, I, I'm interested. <laughs> um, well, part of, the, part of the thing that is interesting to me too is the, how you, the church experience that you grew yeah, up in yeah. and what your dad was a, a was intending to yeah. do yeah, what, yeah. what happened, what didn't happen, and sort of yeah. how that has impacted you That's and good. how you engage and see the church. That's good. Um, so my dad um, ended up um, 
actually becoming the pastor of uh, a church that he said yes to Jesus with his, uh, he, I love saying this, his gold medallion and his big old afro. He came as he was. And at that time, for a black man in the 60s, couldn't find a job for four or five years. It wasn't that he wasn't educated. It was just that he was a black man. And so I had a stay-at-home dad. I just thought I was special for my first six six years of life. But the truth was my dad was in a Great Depression and because of, he couldn't also get a job. But my mom was being promoted and elevated as a black woman because there's also different dynamics happening oftentimes amongst gender. Um, and so that was eating away my dad's confidence. Long story short, mama, mama knew that. So she would go to the prayer meetings and not say, say nothing. She'd bring in them potluck plates and just lay them on the table and not say nothing. And she actually really did glow. When she came home from uh, choir practice or prayer meet, my mom, and she's beautiful, and she's the one that's half Native and, and Black, but mommy would just glow. And so my dad said, he'll say that he just started feeling all kind of dark and dirt. Like, was she all glowing? I'm just like, <laughs> I might need to get some of that, you know? And so... Um, she would also have the women on Wednesday nights pray for dad. And he didn't know. And they didn't even actually have, to, she didn't even have to tell them what to pray for. She didn't have to tell their business. She would just say, pray for my husband. And so it was the prayers of those elders, those women, I know, um, those mothers that and my mom's faith. Um, so my dad ended up becoming the pastor of that very same church that he came down in all his 70s self uh, doing. Um, and then beautiful, strong black church. Um, again, because as being Vanport descendants, you know, we, Affinity, we, we needed that to survive, to uh, be able to support one another's businesses, to be there to take care of one another. And so our churches were super tight and super black. So, you know, um, then dad got this call, the stirring. Uh, people were excited about how he was having so much success with his black church and just um, who he was and got, he also did a lot of work in uh, social work and in social justice. So I've been marching and protest, all that stuff since I was little. He was CPS, wasn't he? Child Protective <laughs> mm-hmm, Services. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, he wanted to integrate more of an opportunity to be um, relevant and responsive to what was happening, real social issues, which led him to conversations with folks who were also doing the same thing and ended up being more like, how can we collectively work together to fight off different systems within the church body? And part of that was just representing one another, getting to know, getting past the racial divide. Um, so got uh, employed at Promise Keepers, sorry, it's a long story, but got employed at Promise Keepers, um, again, went around traveling and felt so convicted he wanted to practice it in real time in his church. And so that kind of got, people heard about it. Another pastor um, joined him, and we merged a predominantly white church with a predominantly black church. And um, we, at the time, we dated for a year. Like, you know, you don't just jump in the bed with somebody. You just dated for a year. <laughs> you know, we, like, really tried. We were, like, really trying. And um, things went well, and then... All of the stuff, all of the cultural things, all of the ways of being and not understanding one another. Um, and I honestly wonder if white folks had a hard time with the black man leading them, you know, ultimately. And then the black church was like, young fella, we told you, like, why would you bring all this? This was our sacred place. Like, this was the one place out of the week that I could see all black. And you just messed that up, like, 100 years. This is a 100-year-old church. And my dad was heartbroken, like, but God told me to do, I thought God told me to do this. And so um, it ended up not doing well. And um, 
I was I was pissed off. We were struggling financially as a pastor, uh, a PK, um, and I'm like, what what went wrong? And if if we can't be reconcilers for Christ, what are we doing? And so it really made me want to. I wanted to like figure out what went wrong and why it went wrong, and that's where I found out how much white dominant culture is in the fabric of who we are and how we operate, and also how we're seeing ourselves. So um, yeah. To me, I mean, I've said, this is just me projecting, but that just seems like such a powerful narrative and story, like, and the thread to the work that you're doing mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, same challenges. Yes. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. It is Culture real. is real. Culture. Culture is real, real. Yeah. Yeah. We're swimming in it. We are. So how do we, yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you say, you had mentioned earlier about, like, you were, t- I think it was in the context of Promise Keepers about things kind of being at the surface. And it seems mm-hmm. like if we keep things at the surface, we can all get along, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like if we don't really talk about hurt, mm-hmm. shame, guilt, mm-hmm. all those things, then we can just keep it right here and we can keep coming, especially if we only get together on yeah. Sunday for right. an hour, hour or two. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. we can hold it together. Mm-hmm. But it's that stuff that's under the mm-hmm. deeper. So I don't know what – I'm like, I want to go deep, you yeah. know. Yeah. I want to yeah. – yeah. get yeah. in there what kind of encouragement or what what would you say to like me I'm mm-hmm. like B I want to get in that mm-hmm. work or I want to jump into that or to um, our faith community is predominantly white mm-hmm. we're in a white mm-hmm. neighborhood mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. take we're in white space we mm-hmm. operate in predominantly white space mm-hmm. um, how do we how do we engage what do yeah. we do besides come to the conference which is the next one which is yes <laughs> so I like that April 20 something ish okay I'll get y'all some flyers. I'll leave them out here. (laughs) Um, So the first thing I would say is get to know yourself first. Get a deep dive personal investigation on your racial being, like who you are, and what um, culturally and systemically that has meant for you and what it has meant for people not like you. And so I feel when you talked about like the surface – what we do as Christians, we just want to, Jesus loves us all, like kumbaya, like, and he does, he really does, and, but do you love me like you love your neighbor? Because where I live, y'all don't, y'all don't want to be a part of that, or if you do, you've pushed me out, and my community out, so what does love look like in real, in real time response, like, so, um, I, I, I would say be willing to, um, take some accountability for those errors and for POCs in particular, get your healing, take up space, like get some affinity. Um, We need, there's a work that we need to do ourselves. And once we begin to do that work in a healthy way where I'm just like, Oh, I just, I don't want her to, um, I might be too much or like, I really am like not really liking those worship songs, but I'm just here and I'll just like, you know, I'll just go in the back and read a script. Like, bring your worship song. Bring your drums. You know, bring, bring who you are fully is what I would say to practice first. And then be ready to have the conversation. But before you have the conversation, <laughs> come see me. <laughs> like, for real, for real. No, but there, there's a way we also need to enter into. Um, did you see in that video when they just kind of looked at each other? Um, it, that could be viewed many different ways. But I think most of us, we, we want to be seen. Um, but before we're seen, we need to listen to each other's hearts. We, we, need, to, we need to be able to um, 
position ourselves as learners and also as real brothers and sisters of Christ. When you, are there any, we've been talking about reimagining mm-hmm. and, and for me in the church being a pastor and, you know, wanting to grow and develop and mature a faith community, mm-hmm. uh, how, what, I don't know, what, what do you imagine? Yeah. I, and, and especially in our context. So not just like, oh, out there, but yeah. like Portland. Yeah. Faith communities, I don't know, what yeah. What do you see yeah. as possible? Because I think what really, the thing that still jumps out to me was, and it was a quick statement that you made, mm-hmm. but we were talking about like working through the hard stuff yeah. and getting through all of that. And then when what we have is just sort of this like, to me, what I saw was like a raw material. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, what is possible mm-hmm. now without all of those other icky mm-hmm. layers that are there? And I was like, oh, yeah. that's what mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. be a part of and yeah. get to. But I don't know, do you have any pictures or ideas or I don't know, any kind yeah. of, what's your vision or idea? What do you see as whole and healthy and vibrant and reimagined for the church? I think we're doing it. Oh, yeah, we are. That's real. Like, we are. Um, it's taking time. It's, slow, it's slowing down. Um, the dopest, like, what I could, like, what if I could imagine, if I can only imagine, I had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if I could imagine, um, I think, what would it look like if we could bring our whole selves, like, what if my, what if my, the, the black women in my church could come on Sunday and be in like that braver space to unpack the ugliness and with the bitterness or the pain or the struggle or just just the sister girl and this and the honey honey like just be able to talk our language right what if to build her up in her whole self for the week and then what if my white brothers and sisters had a place where to unpack the guilt the shame in a place where they won't feel like they're overstepping or, or saying too much or hurt someone what if they had that space? And then what if we could come together in our whole selves before our father, right? And and just worship with abandon, like bare, unapologetic, awful. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I would love. I would love to imagine, reimagine that. And I think we can do, I think what I'm excited about faith and equity is we are doing that in a little yeah. bit of clusters, but dominant Christian culture don't know what to do with me or don't know what to do with us in, yeah. in terms of like our openness to to everybody. Like that's not Christian or something. Like that's yeah. like the yeah. wrong it's thing to do. I know, I'm like, oh, that's a, it's a tough nut to crack. It is, it is. And so I like that. I reimagine a church people being bare and vulnerable mm-hmm. yeah. and real. Which is not just going to happen. No. Right? And I, I think too, coming from a Pentecostal charismatic experience, and such a heavy reliance on the Holy Spirit doing the work. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, when he wants, when the Holy Spirit wants to do that, he'll right, just do it. Right, like right, magic. Right. Not like, you know, like, I gotta do work. Yeah, girl. And I don't want, you know, honestly, I, I mean, I feel tired mm-hmm. right now. And oh. it, it's, yeah. We I'm tired all the time. Right? And I'm just saying, you know, like, no, we gotta yeah. do the work. <laughs> yeah. And I'm saying, and, and even my, you know, work, yeah. And so it's not, it, the other thing that I would say is that I, I, I want to apologize and I want to confess and repent for the ways in which in my own identity with white culture, I have waited and wanted, I put the burden 
mm-hmm. on my black brothers and sisters mm-hmm. to come in and do work that mm-hmm. I wasn't willing to do mm-hmm. and to adapt and assimilate to what I wanted mm-hmm. and not doing work myself to get into the place where we could worship yeah. fully and fully together. I hear that. So that's cool. Thank you. I see, I see that. And I, I see you, I see you stripping. I see you stripping off. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I hope y'all are ready for her when God's done. Oh, my God. You don't even know. If this would have been here, this would have been me just telling all my whole week. Yeah. No, I just, no. you know, I found out I'm Korean, like, this week, you know. I've so been anyway. telling you. I've been trying to tell her. I've been trying to tell her. <laughs> well, I want to say, too, like, it's not, it's not, I think that's the craziness about, like, this whole conversation too is it's not about um, people of color educating or getting their way or get this this is all of us white supremacy has hurt white people like to put you in a place even when you didn't want to when you when you were that little kid like I had white friends at one point their parents said I couldn't come over we, there was no sleepover right like there's a culture or conditioning that many of you come from or many of you benefit from that you didn't ask to step into that mess. Mm-hmm. I almost got to step into that stuff. Oh, we're fine. I am a pastor's daughter. Yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's the law right there. <laughs> I don't even know. It's a cat I'm being funny. I'm having fun. Um, but um, what was I saying? Oh. Oh. Yes. White supremacy hurts white. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. it tells you you don't get to be human. You don't get to care for. You don't get to respond. Um, you don't get to be whole. You're like, and y'all got, you need to work on your feelings. Y'all don't get to feel. Just be like, I'm fine. I'm, it's, it's fine. Like, just tore up. Like, break open. Like, cry. Like, you know, what's funny? Yes. You cry already. <laughs> Well, some tears, some of them tears, white sisters, come on, we're going to have to, well, then you get to do that in your corner. Just yeah, don't bring it, bring it, bring it to me when we like here with Jesus together. No, no, I, I, I've, I've carried many a white sister's tears and I get, and I get, and I get tired, uh, sometimes, oftentimes. And so God specifically told me, Austin Channing Brown, like liberated me in that it's okay for me to work on me and my people. And to trust God with my brothers and sisters. Because if I'm being a true brother, sister to, to my white family, I'm going to tell you it hurts. You, you, you're hurting me. And, and this is what I need you to do to get it right. And when you get it, I'm not going to do it for you. You can Google it. It's all there. Like, you can do it. And then come, I'll be here. We've been waiting a long time. I'll be here. God will hold me because I really am his child. And I really do. I want us all to get her. I want us all to win. Like I'm, I'm Joe Frazier's granddaughter. I want, I want to be family. I want us to get it right. Hmm. Yeah. Um, we, I want to, we need to wrap this part. Okay. But I just, I want, I am really thankful for you coming. And I've been wanting you to. I know we were kept trying to do it. I know. It just this was when it was supposed to music be. Music and all the things, but there'll be more. Yeah. 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 Um. Uh. Yeah. I don't. I don't have any. You don't There's have to. No way. We no. just we dropped the stuff. Yeah. Girl. We're done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to re. I'm. I'm. I'm excited about 
the reimagining. I'm excited. I have a vision. I can see mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so that for me helps keep me in the work yeah. and through the hard stuff. Yeah. And so I know we're, yeah. So. <laughs> oh my Love y'all. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you, what do you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yes. About that? So, um, so for my for Faith and Equity Collective, you all have been able to work on your prayers for some time. So, um, you can continue to work on that. We're gonna have some. Re- I'm gonna ask some reflective questions, just what's come up in our conversation, and also like um, bring the group. Is it grooves? Grooves. Also, grooves. It's grooves. Y'all need to change that name. You got some black people up in here for real. <laughs> If that's what it would take, if that's all. Change the name. Change the name. The name is powerful. Names are powerful. It's just an O. Yeah, we can just write an O into everything. Come on now. I come come to Grooves on Sunday. I would come to Grooves on Sunday. Um, You you heard it. (laughs) You heard it. (laughs) Um, So if you can, um, can you play some music? I can. I said pull up a little bit. Um, So y'all grab it. So, let's see. Um, <laughs> 